It's time to go into Auto Reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some, unknown. This week, we're going Auto Reverse on The Stranglers. The Stranglers, which, you know, they were they had a name before they were the Stranglers. They were the Guilford Stranglers. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't. I knew that they were from Guilford, but yeah. I didn't know that that's the name they took. So that was the name that they originally were, the Guilford Strang- uh, Stranglers. And um, that's when Jet Black, who was at that time only known as Brian Duffy was looking mm-hmm. around for people to join him in a new project. And basically, uh, that's where he kind of collected everyone up. Uh, you know, who uh, Cornwell played in a bunch of blues bands with that voice you can even hear. And actually, he was in a band with... Um, uh, Richard Thompson. Right. Uh, what's it? In, Fairport, Fairport Convention. Yeah. Or was it Emil and the Detectives? I forget. It was one of those. Oh, uh, is that... Yeah. But I think he played with Richard Thompson as well. Yeah, no, he played with solo Richard Solo stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and uh, of course the the Jean Jacques Bernal, who um, mm-hmm. I read, which makes a lot of sense because I, you know, I'm, oh, you know, you can't help but be captivated by his bass playing. But he started out, he had a heavy background in classical guitar, and then switched to the bass. That's right. So that's right. And then uh, then then he picked up uh, uh, Dave, Dave Dave Greenfield. Greenfield. Yeah. And that's the, the core of the... I think they had someone else in the band before that and keyboards, but then uh, Dave Greenfield came in and, you know, uh, you know, started in 1974. It's, by the way, Dave, Dave Greenfield died of COVID last year, a year about a year ago. You're, gonna, you're just going to do that right off the bat. We were getting a nice positive <laughs> message coming across and you're just going to pop funny. a balloon. It's not, funny. It was, it's not <laughs> funny that he died. It's not funny that he died of COVID, but... I, just, I I know I know that was a little uh, bit too. That's too all right. Much. Sorry, it was, it was, it was endearing because it came from it came from the heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this this was uh, so they came together like in '74, and you know they they didn't you know the first album came out if I'm not mistaken, which is the the album that I got introduced to them was uh, Radis. Uh, I always butcher his last name. Radis Norvik. Which is the scientific name for a rat, Ah, a common rat. Right. Yeah. So that happened in '77. So they right they got right into it. In fact, they got right into it. They they put no uh, no more heroes shortly after that. So they came out out of the gate. You know, and I'm looking on Wikipedia now. They came out. That came out in April, and then No More Heroes came out in September. So, you know, Stranglers no fucking around. No, they were prolific. I had a hard time keeping track of all these albums. Um, I own a lot of them, and and the cool thing is, um, eat every album has a different thing going on. Do you know what I mean? A conceptually, sound wise, which is crazy considering that if you think of Hughes' vocal, 
Dave's keyboard, uh, Jean's uh, bassline, which is always consistent, you know. So, but within that consistency, that's like mm -hmm. like common thing. All their albums had a different sort well, of sound. That's you know? the crazy thing about them because they came out at a time when you know the punk movement was coming, especially really heavily in um, um, you know the UK with uh, the Damn Clash, um, and uh, you know they. You know, his Hugh's voice definitely has that sort of punk thrust to it, and it has that sneer to it. But there's the the sound behind it is probably as I wouldn't call it far away from punk, but it's it's more leaning more pop than punk. But it has those underpinnings of punk, would you say? But it, it's not like in the yeah. it's not in the style reflective of the time, is I guess where I'm my roundabout. That's why that that's why they're not. Um appreciated as much as the clash or the or the sex pistols because they were different from those bands and their sound was a bit more and what i don't I'm trying to sell i'm not trying to sound pretentious here but more sophisticated um it's the use of the organ so it kind of had this like garagey thing going on too and then also yeah. kind of it was also sort of putting the stakes down for the other styles that they would experiment with going forward, like, you know, new wave, new romantic, neo romantic art rock, right. you know, garage. They did all those things. And and I'm not saying, listen, the Clash and the Sex Pistols were awesome and the Damned were awesome, but they had a very, you know, maybe the Clash kind of ventured away from their, from their original yeah. sound by doing reggae right, and then right. like, you know, more pop stuff. But like the Damned and the Sex Pistols and, and other like adverts and stuff, they their sound was pretty like consistent in terms of like they did their thing straight ahead one way and it and it worked for them. The Stranglers weren't like that. And no. also and also their appearance, they're like wearing trench coats and they're they look like they look like they're they're squinting in the rain a lot of the pictures and they're kinda like each guy looked different. Like one guy was wearing a motorcycle jacket, but then the other guy's wearing a trench coat, the other's guy wears a suit coat. So they kinda <laughs> looked they kinda look bummy, but also like I and I think to me it, it not and bummy is harsh, but I think because they came from that sort of pub rock tradition, like right. bands like Doctor Feel Good and Sl and even Slade and stuff. Because they came, even though Slade wasn't a pub rock band, but you no, know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, they get, came yeah. from that. They came from that scene. Um, they were just different, you know. And and maybe a lot of the punks didn't respect them. Maybe they also looked older right. than a lot of the other bands. So, um, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, I, to me, that makes it even better. Uh, the fact that they were like slept on that way. That that way. But they were huge in England and had. I think almost like 20 something, you know, top 100 right. hits, you know, so they, they were, you know, in a way they sort of like, they, they, uh, they, they, they trans, you know, they, they kind of transcended like went, that thing, yeah. transcended punk in a way and well, became this other thing. It's funny because you said the pub pop, pub, pub band, because they kind of attitudinally, had very much a pub band, a pub uh, right. band, because they would get in a lot of dust ups and fights. And yeah. I read this thing about they punished an uncooperative French journalist by taping him to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And if you hear some <laughs> of their live stuff, it's like they do have that kind of like you know we're here we could take on anyone in the bar kind of 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 um, 
of a attitude. Uh, but musically, and I think the biggest, like when I hear them, the biggest difference from them and like the Dam and the Clash and the Sex Pistols is the bass is much more in front than the guitars. Those other bands, the guitar is, a lot, is much more in front. It's much more the thrust. And then you have that, you know. That's a very good point. That's, that's a very good point. That sophistication yeah. is that they're not, when you put, when you're riding more on the bass than the guitar, you leave them more space. And I think that's what they've, you know, where the, the, the keyboards could play and other things could happen. And I think to that, that's kind of that sophistication that you're talking about. They have that mm -hmm. kind of nuance that they, they, they provide these interesting wrinkles in songs and uh, very clever, very, I wouldn't say, you know, you know, cherry soaked melodies, but they're like, they're very, they're, they're very interesting and they're very, and they're varied. And uh, yeah, I think the difference between them is like, and I think, you know, even if we, I, we, I may be jumping ahead a little bit, like even when you jump into the albums, it's just like you never know what kind of what kind of thing they're gonna they're gonna deliver, you know. And not not just that because it's like you said because they the guitars weren't up front and it provided space for them to mess around and and it, and that sort of informed the album. So because they had all that space, every album had a different you know vibe to it. And and but then what was great about them and I I'm still discovering this now as much as I know about them and as many records as I have like within that you know the sort of concept of the album that boom they would write this incredible song right so this you know it would be a cool record cool interesting songs this is more garage this is more new wave and then boom then they would drop an incredible song that was like a top 20 hit in England like golden brown right yes um i'm like that, I love that album, La Jolie, I think it's yeah, called. Or yeah. no, La, Fo La Folly, La Folly. La Folly, um, yeah, well, I think yeah. it's the insanity in French. Yeah, is that what it's, yeah. So yeah. so I love that album, but the al but the songs are, are you know, it's cool. It's like a cool record with different sound, sort of sounding songs of, you know, I wouldn't say they're hits, but then all of a sudden Golden Brown, which is basically a waltz. Yeah. You know, they, they just hit you with this song. You're like, holy shit, like, that's an incredible, this is a great song. Uh, it should be right up there with, you know, with with uh, other, like, you know, uh, sort of, like, cornerstone bands of the punk movement, of the new wave movement, of, of just rock and roll. And and yet, and, and yet it, they don't get that, they don't get that um, credit. Right. But it's nice, uh, even if it's just me and you, it's nice to be listening to these records and discover it you know, discover these like heavy duty hits that they would just throw in the middle of an, of an album or, and also, you know what I noticed about them even when I was a kid and I was buying their records is that they would put out a record, but then they would be like, Oh, you know, we, on that session that we did, there was this really great song and we, we didn't put it on the record and boom, they would release it in between right. the right. two They're like, the, and, and it would be like, wow, what a great song. And, but I, Oh, this wasn't on an album. And, and they were like, they were really, they were, they just were so creative and and just had so much energy for the stuff. And it was, and 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 if you think about it, because we could think about bands in dog years, like every year a band <laughs> is in 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 existence. It's like six human years. You know what I mean? Because because <laughs> the amount of stress, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, chemicals and dealing with 
soulless yeah, record it, yeah. companies. Yeah, so like they were a solid band for 15 years and they never let up. They never let up. out a record every year sometimes a record and a half the singles they toured and they and like i said they would drop an incredible song on every album that would be a top 20 hit in england and then and then and then and then it was over and i think it was in 1990 it was like that was it i think the label the epic their second label had dropped them and Hugh uh, quit. Yeah. That was it. I think they reformed again later in the early yeah they did about four yeah they did four other albums after that or four or five other albums yeah. out of it. But yeah, without Hugh, it's like it's kind of a tough it's, thing. It's not the same. It's no. like uh, you know. Go ahead, it, say yeah, it. it's not it, the same. It's just say it, in excess without Michael Hutchinson. That's right. So yeah, who's like who's gonna who are you gonna put in in, in excess? <laughs> Adam Lambert. It's like Queen now. Like yeah, Queen, Queen has Adam Lambert singing. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not even going to bother with that. You know, it's like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> well, speaking of, um, you know, you said you, they do a lot when you kind of first came into them. Like, why, why, don't you, why don't you tell me a little bit about when you first came in, uh, into the Stranglers? Well, for me, it was very simple. Um, so I, I think I've talked about this on the show before. I was obsessed with MTVs, like when my parents got yeah. cable in 83 or whatever it was, 82. And I was obsessed. And so, you know, as part of like MTV's uh, programming then, it was a lot of new wave and, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and post-punk and stuff like that. And I remember uh, the video for, um, what was the name of the song? Uh, Skin Deep mm -hmm. from Aural Sculptures from the 1984 record. So that yeah. was probably a sophomore or junior in high school and i saw the video for skin deep i got quite a bit of rotation on mtv and i was like oh this is cool what is this and you know like look at these guys they're ugly and they're wearing trench coats but they're making like incredibly cool you know sort of garagey keyboard uh new wave music and so i bought the 12 inch for that i then i bought the album then i bought um, a, again, one of those sing singles that was in between that album and I think Feline, uh -huh. that was a really I think nice and nice. Right. I bought that that 12 inch, and so um, that was it. I, I I may have even seen them during that time in in New York. Oh, no but kidding. Uh, really? Yeah, I might have seen them at the Ritz. I'm not I'm not positive. But oh, I'd have boy. to look. I'd have to kind of go back and try yeah. to rewind the tape. Uh, let's go to the videotape. Um, <laughs> 
so uh, so that so I just got into them, and then and and then I kind of forgot about them. I started move, moved into hip hop and other kind of stuff in the late '80s, and then hip, you know, other things and grunge and Amer- and more American underground stuff. But then in the late '90s, early 2000s, I started picking up their older records, and I got a copy of the first one, and then I got a copy of the second one. And I just started to realize, you know, I started, it started to dawn on me, like how great these guys were. And I, you know, I never recognized their genius until almost 15, 20 years after I first heard them. So, right. And I, and I, and, and we, I, I, we talked about this right before we got, got on to record. This is the perfect kind of auto reverse band. You know, they're, they represent a lot of things. They, they, a lot of styles, a lot of their, their, they're not pretty boys. They're not. It's not like a made up. You know, uh, it's not. It's not. A, it's not. A, they're not sh- showmen. They're musicians first. They're songwriters first, and they made a lot of record. They made a lot of records, and a, and they had a lot of great songs. And but somehow, people don't know about them or know about them, but not that much. Right. So they're the perfect band to to cover because they're just, you know. It's like a, it's a diamond, you know, that just needs to be dust off, dusted off a little bit. Um, and this is a weird note. Um, they're like Fred Armisen's like favorite band, <laughs> which I, I, they played like a show at, at and uh, the old North Six with Fred Armisen was like playing guitar with them and stuff. What? I know that's not. Yeah, I didn't know that until like two thousand and nine or eight. Like I saw. I read something like he was interviewed, and he was just—he spent half the interview talking about them. Uh, North Six, that was a nice place to see a show. What's that, North Six? Yeah, yeah now it's the—it's uh, yeah, another part of it's the, something else. Yeah, it's part of the whole uh, Bowery Ballroom thing. I forget what it's called. Yeah, now. this is—I don't know. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely another like band that got a little bit of exposure in the United States to thanks to MTV. I mean, I actually learned about them. I had a friend, uh, my neighborhood drive me to school and he had this other buddy that we picked up, Todd, I forget his name, but he would always put on these tapes that he would put a lot of new wave bands that I didn't know about, which was great because I, at most people I hung around with just did, you know, Skinner and uh, stuff with you know, which I like, but it was you know, it was a heavy rotation of you know, life's been good to me so far. Um, and <laughs> they, but you know, hearing the song Peaches, I, I remember loving that song when he would put on Radis uh, uh, and play. Um, what's the other song off that that uh, album? That's the thing. Oh, uh, uh, get a grip on yourself. Get a grip on yourself. Yeah, so not I, a great song. So those two songs would always stick up, and I would always love it. I was like, hey, man, turn this one up. And I didn't follow through on it until, like, I saw the movie Sexy Beast. Because I kept, I kind of, it was one of those songs where I oh, remember. God, that movie is amazing. What song did they use in that movie? Peach, Peaches. Do you remember? Peaches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm t- yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony, I'm telling a story here. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm telling a story here. So I had that song that I liked, but I never followed through on it. And it was one of those things that I kind of stuck in my head a little bit. And then when I watched Sexy Beast, that song comes on in the beginning. And I was just like, that's the fucking song. Oh, shit. And I'm like, you know, when you get it like, okay, I'm not letting this slip by. I'm going to watch the credits and I'm going to figure out what song this is. Who, who's, 
who sings it? I mean, who sings it? And I think, no, I knew who sang, sang the song, but I was like, okay, I'm going to get this album. That's what happened. I'm confused a little bit. Um, uh, and that's when I started getting that, and I got, um, geez, I mean, there was so many. I think I got that and No More Heroes, because I think they were at this record store I went to, the Quonset Hut, had it bundled, like, t both CDs for, like, 10 bucks, so I got both, which was a great deal. Um, and I mean, it was, it's, I, I never went into the rabbit hole until kind of later and yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a fun, it's kind of a, an amazing band to go through because it seems like you're listening to uh, outside the bass and Hugh's voice. You sounds like you, you really get kind of treated to another style every time. And, you know, to be fair, like not all the stuff I really enjoy, like Ariel's sculpture, I don't, I still don't like that as much as I do every, anything else. Like I actually like the gospel according to Men in Black a little, little bit more than that, which is probably sacrilege to some Strangler fans, but like the the, the departure the departure from like uh, Rat, from the first album, Rat is to Ariel's sculpture is so, you know, kind of, it's such a departure, which is a wonderful thing because it's like they're, they, they, it still sells, sells like the Stranglers, it just sounds like the Stranglers are trying to explore another world. And I think it, that exploration made that album very popular with a lot of people. I, I just, for, for, it just, it's that album is, I, like I don't not enjoy it. It's like comparatively, I, it's not one I put on when I kept when I put my Strangler uh, fix. Like, Feline, not feline, but like the one we were just talking about, a la folly, uh, like I, yeah, la folly, yeah, yeah, like I like that much more. Um, I like no more heroes too. It's like the thing is, is I think even going back with with our little exploration is trying to revisit these whole albums. It's they're really interesting to just see how far a departure they go each time. Um, you know, it's. The only thing you have that kind of secure, like, kind of gives you that Stranglers anchor, is you know the bass play and the in Hugh's voice. I mean, he's got a little less snarl in his voice as time went on, as most of us do. Um, you know, you get a little less aggressive. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel that um, I think that's one of the treats of the Stranglers. And you're right; it's 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 a it's a you know, it's hard to say. I think all the bands outside Monster Magnet are are whatever are some of my favorite. You know, they're really good for uh, they capture the idea that what we're trying to go with. And you you're you may be right. The Stranglers may be the best example of that. Oh yeah, um, and you're right. Oral's uh, what is it? Oral sculpture. Oral sculpture is not one of their best records. It's just. It just so happens to be the record that I got. That was my first sort of introduction to them, just based on the year that I was watching MTV. But yeah, uh, all the other records you met, mentioned, um, uh, the Gospel According to Men in Black, uh, Radis, uh, Black and White. That's another great record. The yeah. third. That's the third record. That's such. A, that has that song Tank on it, which is another great song that they dropped on there. Um, yeah, they're they're. They're the perfect right. band for this discussion. I have a question for you because there was yeah. something because you know there seems to be a part of them that was really trying to get a little you know trying to get to try to make hits. Um, and do you think that they did a lot of covers at least for my mind? 
And most of their covers turned out pretty well for them. You know, Walk On By and 96 Tears. I, I personally don't like that too much, but I was wondering what you what your thoughts are. Do you think that that was like kind of a ploy to, you know, maybe boost sales or make them a little bit more marketable? Definitely 96 Tears uh, was a ploy to, um, to try to, ingratiate themselves to the american market um that was they said it themselves so yeah for sure uh but i'm i'm with you i generally don't like when bands do covers i mean every once in a while someone does an incredible cover and i could recognize that but generally even with the stranglers i don't i don't if they're cool the covers are cool i just don't i don't i didn't i don't need it Right, you know what I mean. It does. It, they don't need to ingratiate themselves with me. They already have. You know, it's like just on their own stuff. So, and I kind of feel that about most bands. You know, I don't need to hear the covers. And like I said, there are examples where it's really well done and it it uh, it makes a difference. But generally, no. Generally, it doesn't make make any difference. But yeah, I mean, the ninety six tears was definitely their uh, their attempt at trying to get to try to be bigger in the United States. Yeah. And yeah. you know it, it, they have they definitely had a lot more success in the UK than in, in the states. They were more like a you know it, you know a little bit more of a you know underground sensation. I mean I don't even know quite frankly how how well they did in the United States. I mean I just I'm just looking from their charts. They seem like they did significantly better in the UK, which makes sense. But yeah, I, I just don't think they were sexy enough to do right. well in the states i mean if you look at like the bands from that era that did well in the states it's stuff like the cure right you know um even echo and the bunnymen um and uh new order and things like that that had more it's like it, you made a, such a great point before it's like they never lost their pub rockness <laughs> even yeah. with all the weird cool awesome original records that they made they never lost that no. and and i think in the 80s sort of like you know new wave new, uh, new romantic period i i just think that was sort of out of fashion right it was sort of like not right not uh, but but then again what do i know george thorogood <laughs> was big in the states like just like uh, you know and uh and uh the georgia the georgia satellites but tony it was bad to the bone there was no there was no <laughs> denying he was going to be popular in the states when you're bad to the bone i know bad to the bone and you're drinking alone yeah no one, yeah. No one but myself <laughs> um you know i found this quote from a critic i i think it was a uk critic dave thompson i'm not 100 sure but it's I, I'm just guessing, given the, the the words that he uses, but he said this about the band, and I, I wrote it down because it, it I think it perfectly captures the band. He said, uh, "From bad mannered yobs, yobs, from bad mannered yobs to purveyors of supreme pop delicacies, the group was responsible for music that may have been ugly, and might have been crude, but it was never ever boring." That, that's right on the money. Boom. Right on the money. Dave Thompson living in infamy on and on podcast uh in podcast world seldom heard podcast yeah i'm sure i'm sure, I'm sure we'll get a, a note from him in 20 years his his, yeah. his grandkids will say hey you were mentioned on this relic hey, we found. where's my five bucks <laughs> yeah where's my five bucks <laughs> um but uh you know we talk a lot about the music 
but it's better to listen to it. And Tony made a really good, you know, you could tell it's from a, a, a someone who's very passionate about the, the Stranglers because it's a well-curated uh, podless, uh, podless, uh, podless, I just kind of mashed that together, playlist <laughs> on a Spotify. Um, so definitely take a look. And definitely give us a give us a shout. Uh, Auto Reverse Pod at gmail.com. We love reading emails. It's one of our favorite part of the that things to do part of the day. Or you can uh, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram and uh, tell us what you want to hear or tell us what you don't want to hear. Um, but uh, we love to hear from you. So until next time. All right, peace. Temptress Through the ages She's heading west From far away Stays for a day Never a frown With golden